ball control. Welcome, Conroe, to a brand new edition of Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. It's going to be ape for me, Doug. Yeah, is it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Starting off good. I like it. You are hearing us on 104.5 and 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. That we are. And um, as always, we're pretty awesome. Big shout out to RNA Sports, our sponsor. And uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. We got a lot to go over today, so we're going to try and... Uh, Speed round. We're going to try and be a efficient with That's it. not the name of the game usually, but today no, it is. No, no, Usually I just do whatever I want, but we're going to try and be efficient today because we got to get to that Astros game yesterday. Talk about that atrocity. Soul-crushing defeat. The Rockets had their uh, regular season debut last night. Not looking great. Uh, no, not looking great. And then, as always, the NFL is the most important thing in the universe. Um, so with all that being said, let's get going here. At least for this beginning, right? I mean, it always, I mean, listen, I, I understand right now that the Astros are in the, in the divisional series. I get it. But like the NFL, is the, what, NFL. the NFL is what makes the sports world turn. Right. We all know this. Common um, knowledge. The Broncos, Cardinals, they all still suck. Uh, the Colts, surprise. still awful. Well, here's the thing about the Broncos that people don't want to talk about is Case Keenum isn't a good quarterback. He was real, 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 real bad when he was a Texan. Now he's just slightly above normal. Uh, he had one good season. He went to Minnesota. So the Texans eventually got rid of him. Yeah. He floated around for two years, uh, backing up, practice squatting. Well, he gets like, to Minnesota. They go through three quarterbacks. They put him in, and he he he's figured it out for a minute. And he's playing. He's, he's I playing good. Guys that did it. He gets them all the way to the uh, conference finals. The Minnesota's in the final four. And then they lose to Philadelphia because Case Keenum has a terrible game. I mean, he just looked atrocious. Uh, Minnesota signs Kirk Cousins the offseason. They let all three of their quarterbacks go. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, Case Keenum. They all go other places. You're not hearing from any of them right now. That's true. That's a fair point. Sam Bradford was in Arizona. He was the starter. He did so bad that by week Two or three? Uh, so I think he went 0-3. And, and then week four, they went to the rookie, and they didn't even let him back up. They literally, uh, they he's not even on the dressed roster. <laughs> so he's just gone. So he's on the team. So you the NFL roster is 52. You dress 48 or 46. So he's not he, even on, He's not, he's even, not even dressed. All right. And by not being dressed, he's going to lose $4 million this season. But he is still going to make 16, so he's okay. Ah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is backing up in, in New Orleans. And then Case Keenum has been starting in Denver, and it's been bad. It's not been. Uh, good. I feel like Denver hasn't really done anything since like five years ago when they made it to the Super Bowl and got d- embarrassed. <laughs> right. So once Peyton Manning left, it's pretty much there was just a big hole there. Yeah. And really, everyone thought they were going to sign another veteran and just keep doing that for the next couple of years until they found a guy. They drafted Paxton Lynch. They think he's the guy, but he hasn't been good in the two years he's come in. Right, so what are you going to do? So they went to Case Keenum, and it's been terrible. Um, What's new? And most importantly, the Texans are now 3-3. Three and three. They got, like, one of the better. They're, like, what, one away from... If if they... if So this week, they are going to be playing uh, the Jaguars, and uh, the winner of that will be the, the lead in the division because the Tennessee Titans uh, are playing the Chargers, and they should lose. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Right. Good for them. Right. They should lose real bad. Um, And so it's just kind of 
Yeah. It, it, we went 0-3, but then in overtime, we beat a bad Colts team. We beat a bad Cowboys team in overtime again. And then it took all game for us to beat a bad Bills team. So, I mean, how good are we looking? Right. So, we're 3-3, three and three, and if you're just, like, scoreboard watching, that's pretty that's great. Decent. But if every game is going to be like this... We're not looking too hot. No. We need one of those. So, Deshaun Watson last year had several 40-point explosions where he was just balling out. And we haven't seen that yet. Um, Maybe he, he stopped getting beat up so much. <laughs> man, this offensive line is... It's bad. It's bad. You and I should fill out applications. All right, yeah. Because uh, it's real bad. It's rough. Um, but, but all that being said, they played Jacksonville Sunday at noon in Jacksonville for control of the division. Winner controls the division. Loser is one game behind. I mean, that's a good position to be in. But yeah, you want to be in the lead spot, even if it takes overtime in an ugly game. <laughs> right. And Jacksonville will give you an ugly game every once in a while because right now Leonard Fournette's not playing, so they're relying on Blake Bortles. <laughs> and Blake Bortles, has, Blake been, Bortles. has been good like once and then bad like three times already this year. So Good for Blake Bortles. He's up, down. He, I guess if we're being honest, he's due for an up game. Our defense is good enough that he probably, like... It doesn't matter, really matter. Hopefully, we don't get a Blake Bortles up game. Because, like, his up game was against the Patriots. And he looked good, and they won without Leonard Fournette. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right, Blakey boy. Right. Um, all that being said, it's going to be a real interesting week in the NFL. Uh, some of you probably won't even watch, though, because there's a chance... There's a chance the Astros will still be playing. It's not a big chance now. Let's get into that now. Oh yeah, not much, not much there. <sighs> Pretty that's, ugly game last night. That's the that's the correct one. <laughs> Pretty ugly game last night. It would um, the Altuve call. I think was I think it was wrong. Um, but it's I understand it. Well, I don't. I like it. Right. Okay. So it's one of those ones where you. So the way instant replay works is you have to have enough evidence to overturn it. Right. They don't, so they're not going to. So whatever the call was on the field is what it's going to be. So if Joe West had called it the other way and the Red Sox were freaking out, it would have just stuck that way too. So they have to be able to show definitively that the ball was either in the stands or that the fans were in the way. And they can't show either way, so they got to go with what they called on the field. Ah, that's so annoying. Yeah. Because that one – because this this game was close. It, it was, was only it's only it a two run game. This fortunately this one didn't get away from us like like game two did. And honestly, the reality is between Kemp's screw up base running, I don't know what I don't know where he was on that one. I don't know how he. F- I don't. Know. Well, he launched it. He launched it into the corner, and usually that's pretty good. But a corner is mean, typically a double. The guy threw a, like a laser, but he's got to look up when he's rounding first. Right. You've got to know where the ball is at that point. If he's on the ball when you're at first, which he basically was not he wasn't exactly there right but you've got because because of that mistake it ended it ended up that ending not that that game on up being six eight it's it's the altuve ball and it's kim it's kim's pace running those are the two things um and you're right when you get to that spot you usually are good for a double but you've got to check you've you've got to check that's baseball one-on-one tunnel tunnel vision will kill you (laughs) yeah if you're not looking if you don't know where the ball is Never a good place to Don't be. assume. Don't assume ever. Also, there was one other thing that I thought was dumb. Um, I don't remember if it was Correa or Springer, but in the eighth inning, he stole third, 
with the go-ahead run at bat. Genius play. Well, it's two outs. So if for some reason they throw him out at third. This game's over. We go into the ninth, and we're down three. Right. And they wind up striking him out, so Not really it becomes irrelevant. But it's another one of the – I didn't understand the call. I didn't understand stealing third there. Um, I know you want to be in range, but honestly, it's it's two outs with two strikes. So no matter what contact he gets, you're gonna right, yeah. you're gonna go for it. You're gonna put you're gonna you're gonna turn third no matter what he does. That's true. You don't have a choice. Well, I don't know. I feel like this is a lot of like a lot of late calls that just like didn't really make it, didn't really pan out. It was a tough game. It was definitely a tough game for the Astros. And look, let's start talking about this. Okay, so it's three one now. Um, the Astros won the World Series last year. Duh. Um, World Series champs, boys. Teams don't typically win back-to-back championships. And then they certainly don't win. You know, the Yankees won three in a row, and the last time that happened was the 90s. So it's been almost 30 years. Yeah, that's um, true. That's a long time ago, boys. Getting back to this spot is good. It's it's good because what's going to happen here is, you know, let's let's say it ends here. Let's say this this series wraps up over the next two games. How two could games. you? <laughs> Well, let's let's be let's be realistic about it. Um, it's three one. So let's say let's say that just means we're gonna <laughs> just yeah, kill just these next. Just three means games. we're gonna be amazing. Um, I, I I'm not mad at anybody. Like great season. We dealt with a ton of injuries this year. We had a ton of injuries. You keep the team together. Obviously, you don't get rid of anybody here. If everybody comes back healthy next year, we're you're looking good. You're right back in the same spot again. And, and getting to the divisional round of the playoffs, post winning a World Series. First of all, that's awesome. You know, pat yourself on the back. That's a good job because that's a good season. Right. Um, you don't normally have a good season post-championship years. That's not how it works. A lot of teams, a lot of times in a lot of sports, when you win your championship, it's a real bad year the following year. Everyone's looking for you. You spend all offseason celebrating. Every, er, the expectations are all a little bit higher. You play a little bit tighter. Everything, you, you overanalyze just a little bit. All of a sudden, you're supposed to be a champion every time you do something, and it, it just changes the way the game plays for you the next year. Then a year removed from it, you have time to th- you, you don't think about it as much. Right, yeah. It's not so much the headspace anymore. Right, and, and the, the biggest thing about sports is the headspace, especially baseball. Baseball is a very mental sport. It's a very cerebral sport. You see shifts, and you saw everybody looking at cards. I think they're going to wind up out. I think they're gonna, baseball is going to get rid of these cards here in a year or two. I think it's going to be one of the rules. You think so? Yeah, because honestly, what's the the manager could be throwing those signals out there from the dugout, right? They yeah. don't they don't need the cards. No one needs the cards. The manager could be telling the catcher what to do from the from from the dugout on on all these different situations. Hey, he could throw signs for the different pitches that they want to look at in this situation. Uh, try the curve down low or the fastball up high, and then the catcher can signal it to the pitcher, and the pitcher tells him which one he wants to throw. The, the 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 slowdown of the catcher pulling out the card, reading it over, putting it back in his pocket, pulling out the card, reading it over, pulling it like stops a lot. And then you also see all the players having the cards for the hitting alignments. Right. Just just have some just have the the, the what's the manager doing? What's his job at this point? <laughs> Writing all the cards. Right. If he writes all the cards, I mean, he's technically done in game. Like he doesn't have to what he doesn't have to be there anymore. <laughs> he's he's taking a nap, get himself tossed. They all use the cards. Everything's happy. Like. I mean, what's the point of having them? I think so. I do think they're going to get rid of the cards here in a couple of years. I think that's going to be right. One of those Considering things how long this game went, it was like almost <sighs> a long game. Four. A couple hours. people had to go to work the next day. Not Kate Upton though. She got to sit in the stands. That beautiful, beautiful babe. Right. I I want to be Justin Verlander for just one honeymoon. That's it. Just one. Just one honeymoon. That's all I want. <laughs> um. But yeah, man. So it's definitely 
it's 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 probably over. It's probably over. Three one. It's likely it'll finish four two. Okay, we we take it six games, but I'm not mad. Like we've there's been an ugly series too. We'll get into that when we come back here. We can talk a little bit about that. And then we got something kind of interesting that came up organically today between Nico and I. Uh, this is ball control. Ball control. Ball control. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ball Control. As always, I'm Corey DLG, and this is with me as always, little brother Nico. What's going on, guys? And uh, yeah, so we were talking about the Astros before the break there, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about the series just a little bit longer, not to rub salt in anything, but just to kind of. No, it's just, it's just, it's just spite me. Just to spite you, yeah, man. You were, you were really agitated about this. I was because there were so many times we were so close, and then just, but that's baseball. Like, I hate baseball. <laughs> it makes me so angry. <laughs> There's so many times you're like, oh, this is it, and then you're like, ah, oh, no, I just struck out. And that's the game, and you're like, oh, I guess that's it. Man, a strikeout is such a, like a like an abrupt way to end the game where you're just like, wait, so he swung and he missed, and that's the whole, that's it. Everyone's going home, <laughs> right? That's got to be a bad feeling. I mean, nobody well, struck out, and it was a good play at the last one. But Man, that was a heck of a play. And that, that It's funny because because uh, we ended that inning the same way. Right. With a crazy dive for the yeah, ball. Yeah, Reddick, you're right. Exactly. Reddick stole one, so then they stole one back. Good call on that. But you know what's weird about that is, like, it took the air. Just, like, everyone was super pumped because he got a piece of it. It was going to drop down. Bregman's... Bregman's going to bring home a couple runs. We're about to be in this. And then super catch. Right. <laughs> and then I'm just going to scoop this up, and that's the game. And you're like, oh, I guess we're done. <laughs> Wait, so that's it? It's over? I'm going to go home now? <laughs> right now? That's like the thing about baseball. It's the like, whole game? I feel like every game has like a buildup, but like baseball is just like, and you're done. Yeah, it really is. Because like, okay, if you go. Like, I feel like nine innings is arbitrary almost. <laughs> and then it's especially because if you think about like. Another scenario where a game-winning field goal is about to happen in football. Like, it's close. It's coming down to this last, like, they either get it and they win or they don't and they lose. It's much more dramatic, right? The clock's ticking. First of all, there's a clock. Right, yeah. Baseball not having a clock is the worst thing ever. Right, I do agree with that. it lasts 9 million years. This, this was a long, painful game. Stressful game, I should say. Not painful, stressful. It was exciting when we kept closing it up. But, like, realistically, it should have been 8-8. Going into the bottom of the ninth. It should have been tied. Between the Altuve home run and the Kemp screw up, it should have been tied. Uh, because the runners after Kemp came home. Mm-hmm. So There's no reason he shouldn't have. Right. He'd have been he'd have came home too. Um But it's been kind of an ugly series. Accusations of cheating going back and forth. Yeah, that when we were cleared, but I mean the accusation itself is almost offensive. Well, especially so cheating is like this weird inherent part of baseball, which listen, makes no sense to me. Baseball, baseball, the 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 gentlemanly cheating sport. It, right, exactly. It's long been okay. Like it's almost like what can you get if you get caught? Like you get suspended and then okay, you come back, no big deal. And like there's Hall of Famers who were notorious cheaters and spitballers and pine tars, and they would always find different ways to to cheat. Uh, but in this series in particular, you saw uh, Game Two, Maldonado getting his glove checked by the umpires. Um, you saw. The accusation coming out in the media that in the Cleveland series, and then uh, there's an Astros employee who got kicked out of the stadium for taking photos of the Cleveland dugout, and then allegedly he got caught again taking photos of the Red Sox dugout in Boston and was asked to leave again 
and we were cleared of it. And basically what we said was we thought the Red Sox had filmed things they weren't supposed to film. And so we were checking out their equipment. Right. Like this is this is so sketchy anyways. It, it's super sketchy, right? Like all the whole thing is sketchy. We probably cheat. We probably cheat. I'm just gonna put it out there. Uh the Red Sox pitchers cheated, we probably cheated. Everyone apparently is cheating and it's just okay in baseball. Like it's just all right. Yes. Uh, baseball is baseball is the gentlemanly cheating game. Apparently the rule is shut up and cheat. Shut up and cheat. Also, this game takes about nine hours. Right. Have a whole day clear. Have a have a whole <laughs> arbitrary amount of innings you have to play. <laughs> so, the cheating thing has been real weird, though. It's just been weird to me because both teams have been kind of, like, subtly like, jabbing hey. at each other about this. It's been ugly. It's been ugly, surprisingly, for two good, two of the best teams in baseball. Like, do we really want to start saying how the best teams in baseball cheat? I mean... Is it good for baseball? Is it bad for baseball? <laughs> I th- I would think so. I would think it's bad. You don't want to. My hundred eight win team and my hundred three win team turns out they both are cheating. That's true. That's a problem. But how are they cheating? Like how severe? How how severe? How severe is it? Well, what's the appropriate level of cheat? Like I don't know. Like, like let's say you're married. What's what's the okay level of cheating there? And it's like, is it an all or nothing type deal? Of course it is. Is it though? It always is. Did you steal the money? Yes or no? Well, yes, but only a little bit of money. Right. You're not going to be mad about $30. I, I think I would be. <laughs> I think I think the concept of theft from me is the issue. A penny or a million dollars, I think I have a problem with it. But what is what like what qualifies as cheating? Like what is Well, breaking the rules to win. You no, know? what are the what's rules are they breaking? I'm so, trying to ask. So the so for the Red Sox, allegedly they filmed some stuff, allegedly. Uh, which is against the rules. And what they would be doing there is stealing signs, hmm. which is stealing signs is technically part of baseball, but not when you start involving recording equipment. You're supposed to steal in the old-fashioned way with the runner on second, seeing the hand signs and watching the pitcher and deciphering your code. Figuring it out. Yeah. Um, and that's okay, supposedly. See? More gentlemanly cheating. But it would be a dumb rule to tell them not to do it because they would all do it. Right. Uh, but You're not allowed. That's like counting cards. Right. <laughs> Right. It's not against the law, but they will break your knee. Um, <laughs> the Red Sox pitching uh, was allegedly using some pine tar substances uh, to help. So the, the thing about pitching, Nico, is it's all about gripping the ball. Uh, the more, the better your grip on the ball is, the more control over the pitch you have. Which makes sense. So what you'll see pitchers doing all game is rubbing the same spot on the ball so they can get their thumbs and forefingers in, in that, there. In there. And that's why you see umpires constantly checking the ball every time it dirts, constantly getting rid of it when it dirts, because they don't want they don't want to let pitchers start abusing the ball. They want to try and have a, a standard uniform ball as much as possible, so they swap them out regularly. Um, checking the catcher's glove, what they were looking for is if he'd been catching from a pitcher who's using a substance, there would be residue in his glove, and so they were trying to see if there was residue in the pitcher's glove or in the catcher's glove, and that's why they checked our catcher's glove. In the second inning of game two. Makes sense. Right. But that's it's definitely insulting because he has such good ball control that you can't even that he's gotta be using something. I mean it's just insulting in, in the most general realistic you know, kind of look at it because the it's the middle of the world, like we're we're in the playoffs. We're, al- we're almost to the World Series. This is this is the this right. is the deciding the team that goes to the World Series. Well and it's like do you think we won hundred and three games because of Pine Tar? Like right. really? 
Although, like, there's been a lot of, like, suspicious photos. Like, there's one of Justin Verlander, and he always plays with the center of his cap while he's pitching. And there was, like, an under photo where he might have some dark substance there, maybe some pine tar that he's putting on his thumb to grip. Like, there's all kinds of, like, and it's just, it's a mess. You know, as opposed to shadow, like, the underside of a hat would provide. Well, and that's, did he start doing, like, Zapruder film type stuff? Like, right. back into the left, back into the left. Like, it just starts getting into a mess. Enhance. Right. <laughs> Um, so while we're sitting there watching baseball, we started talking about how old some of these guys are. Right, yeah, because, you know, I was thinking, you know, baseball, it's never the most athletic sport ever sometimes. It's really not. It's not. And so you started asking me, like, well, who's the oldest guy? Because somebody was, like, 33 or 36. Like, 38 or something. And you were like, is that old? And I was like, oh, you asked who the oldest was, and I looked up, and Albert Pujols was 38. And then we started talking about it. Bartolo Colon is the oldest active baseball player, 44. And then two different Major League Baseball players have retired at the age of 45. Right, which 45 is pretty old. It's pretty old. But, like, not for life. Like, at 45, no one would be like, wow, you're ancient. Right, yeah. But at for 40, sports is pretty For sports, it's pretty rough. And then we were like, well, who's the oldest athlete, like, ever? Right. And so I started, I said, well, I know there's a guy in hockey who played until he was, like, 50 or something like that. And I thought the name was Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr's a, a big-time guy, too, but he's not the guy. That's not him. That's not, not the him. guy. So we look. So I looked it up, and it was a guy named Gordy Howe. And we started. I started reading his resume, and it started getting real impressive. He played hockey till he was fifty-six years old, which is insane because it's hockey, right? Forget baseball. He played hockey until he was fifty-six. That's so physical. I'm on the ice. I'm fighting people. <laughs> what? Uh, how much time we got here? We got two minutes. Okay. So this guy played for 25 years for the Detroit Red Wings. Then he went on to play in the in like in the IHL with his sons for another four years. He played in Houston for he a played short for the Houston Arrows for a short with time. his sons. Then when that league dissolved, he had to go. Him and his sons played for for Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Whalers. Um, and then, and and like never like. He was never he, he was, was never bad like he was always great. So he was top 10 in scoring for 20 years, which no one's ever done. Right. So it means every year he was finishing top 10 in points for hockey, which is hard. Um early in his career he was only he was only okay. Uh the first uh, the first year the Detroit wins the playoffs or wins his world's uh the Stanley Cup with him on the team, he fractures his skull and he has to have emergency surgery. He doesn't get to come back to the beginning of the next year and when he comes back he leads the league in points by 20 points. Right. But he just crushes it. Just the next crushes year. it. He's like, you crushed my skull. I crushed this league, boys. That's right. He then spends the next four years leading the league in points. Right. Like this That's crazy domination. Right. And the thing is, like, he's dominating this game. And he's like, oh, yeah, here he is in 1970. And it's like, oh, yeah, he still played for another, like, 10 years. Yeah, he got, he got put in the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1972. He was still an active player at the time. Right. Actually, in 1972, he had taken a year off. He, he retired from the from the Red Wings and was working in the front office. Then he realized that it was a basically a fake position. He had some wrist issues. He had a surgery to fix the wrist, and that's when he was offered a chance to play with his sons. And he just took and, it. And he took it. So a Hall of Fame hockey player then plays for eight more years. Right, yeah. Not only does he play for eight more years, he got, he, he, he gets a trophy named after after so, only a year So in the he league. wins the MVP the first year of the league, and they had named it after somebody else. 
the second year he's in the league, they go ahead and just name it the Gordy Howe Trophy. <laughs> the MVP trophy is now named after a guy still playing in, in your league. league, winning it named after himself. Genius. Um, like he's just like there's he's just a legend at this point. Where it's just like, how can you compare to this man who right. played like for forty? He played what? How many? Forty. He was the only. He's the only player, and he actually played in a in a fifth decade. He signed a one-day contract and played two minutes on the ice in, ni- in 1990. There you go. So he played literally in s- five decades of hockey. That's insanity. And you're talking like when he was not this last time with the one-day contract, but before that. He was playing real competitive, high-level, super-quality hockey. Right. Uh, playing in all-star games. He went to 20 uh, consecutive all-star games. 20 consecutive. Like, people can get into a couple. He went into 20 of them. 20. He he played so long that he actually played two All Star games with Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> who was a kid at the time, and they called him the kid. And he wound up becoming the he wound up becoming America's greatest hockey player. But it turns out, Gordon, oh, and he was also honored by all of Canada. <laughs> right, he was given like a Medal of Honor by Canada, essentially it was like their knighthood, um, like that. Crazy. This is crazy stuff. If you ever want to like, if you. If you want to know who you should try to be like, go ahead and look up Gordy Howe. Right. And uh, H-O-W-E. And just read this career. It's prolific. It's crazy. Right. And if you've ever wanted to be something so good in life that, like, how could anyone compare it to him? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I, like, what do you, what, any hockey player ever, how are you going to live up to Gordy Howe? Well, his own sons. One of them had a 16-year career, which in and of itself is crazy, except his dad beat him by 24 years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oops. Oops. That's crazy, though. All right, so on that, we're going to get out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk some Rockets basketball, uh, who they had their regular season debut last night on ESPN. And then we're going to talk some NBA, and then we'll just kind of have some fun with it. Uh, this is Ball Control. Ball Control. Ball control. Welcome back to Ball Control right here on 104.5, 106.1. And we are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Not as good as Gordie Howe. No, you'll never be as good as Gordie Howe. That man's a legend. Never. Never. You'll never be. I'll as never good. be as good at anything as Gordie Howe is at hockey. Right. Right. Like, I'd like to think I could beat him at something. Never. Probably hockey. not hockey, though. Never hockey. Probably not hockey. Also, like, I, I was looking at pictures of him. Dude's huge. Guys, he's huge. He's just huge. Think about the fact that he played from 1945 to 1980. Like, that's, just, <laughs> that's so long. such a crazy, like, length of time to be doing anything. <laughs> right, let alone playing a physical he, sport. He played hockey as long as most people stay at a professional job. And it's like the that's like sports is like the one professional job you're not supposed to do that. Right. And he did it anyways. And he did it anyways. Also, uh, if uh, going through the Wikipedia page of him, one thing that stuck out at me, which is just embarrassing, it wouldn't happen here in modern sports because everyone knows what everyone signs for. But at one point, while he's playing for Detroit Red Wings, being one of the greatest players of all time, uh, he finds out he's he's the third highest paid player on the team. You know. The audacity of paying two other people more than Gordie Howe at hockey. <laughs> like, what kind of mistakes have you live in, boys? Right. Like, like why why not just give him more money as you pay these other guys? Like, hey, look, I had to give so-and-so 20,000 20, more than you. Here's 25 because right. you're Gordie Howe. Because you're the greatest hockey player. It just goes to show, like, how awful it was back in the day for sports people and, like, why there has to be free agency and why there has to be salary caps and why there has to be all this other stuff. Because 
even Gordie Howe, the greatest hockey player of all time, was getting screwed by ownership. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, while we got you here, though, I do want to tell you about our friends at RNA Sports. Rich is just one of the best guys, honestly. Uh, we love that he sponsors the show. He's a great friend of the show. He's a great friend of Nerd Thug Radio, too. He's at 3501 North Fraser Street. We always are posting stuff on the Facebook page with Nerd Thug Radio. We're always posting stuff. He's posting a lot of stuff. They finally, finally, finally are sold out of the Kate Upton sweaters. No uh, more. No more. That's it. It's all over, That's boys. It. Forget about it. They're gone. Oh, no. They're gone. Um, he is going to be going to different signings with some various Texans. Kiki Kuti is one of them. Uh, so if you've got some stuff you want to get signed, you need to get in touch with RNA Sports and see what they can do to help you out. Uh, they also they also have some big events coming up. December 8th, Rudy Tomjanovich is coming. The day after that, they're having two kids from Sandlot. He just announced some big Black Friday stuff going on that weekend. Uh, you just need to you, you keep your eyes on RNA Sports. What boys. you need to be doing is you need to be going to RNA Sports. You need to search RNA Sports on Facebook. Or if you're already listening to us or following us, find RNA Sports on our stuff. Click follow. You need to be following RNA Sports because they are posting stuff nonstop. It's a big deal. They got access to all the great athletes. There's all kinds of sports and pop culture memorabilia. They've got signed stuff from the Walking Dead guys. They got signed stuff from sports figures. And it kills me to say this, but he's even a Dallas Cowboys fan, so he has stuff not just for the Texans. You know, you just want to swallow that pride for a minute there, Corey. <sighs> Darn it, Rich. <laughs> Darn it. We love you so much. <laughs> I'm going to let it slide. All right. But anyway, RNA Sports, 3501 North Fraser Street. Check them out. Get on Facebook. Look at them. They've got all sorts of stuff going on. There's always something happening. There's really no reason you're not following RNA Sports if you're a sports fan. Boom. There he is. All right. So all that being said... The Houston Rockets got out there, and they laid a massive egg for the regular season debut. <laughs> uh, starting off strong, boys. They, uh, this they, is the head start we needed to they, the... They said, what are there, 82 games in a season? Well, let's treat it like an 81-game season. <laughs> we don't need this one. Uh, it's going to be a no for me, Doug. Right. Unfortunately, they played New Orleans, who's a Western Conference team and a divisional team also, and so it's kind of relevant to win. Right. Those, those are going to count. Oh, no. Uh, here's the thing. is Last year, we won 65 out of 82 games. We had the number one record in the NBA. We're not going to do that again. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> uh, not like this. Well, no, not even not like this. D the team got worse. They released. They had to lose two defenders. They brought in Carmelo Anthony. So we gained offense. We lost defense. The thing that, was, the thing that put us over the top is here's the deal. Here's, give me, the, give always, me the rundown. I always give you the truth. Right, Nico? Right. I, um, never, I never lie to you. I never lie to you. No one in the NBA is going to score more points than the Golden State Warriors. Nobody. No. They shoot threes from 20 feet behind the three-point line. They they do behind-the-back passes into the basket. They alley-oop from the bench. They just they defy the rules and the laws of physics, and they just score 200 points in a 120-point game. They just do it. If you if if on Madden you if on the NBA 2Ks you built a team like that, the computer would quit. It would just go, okay, you can have the next six rings. We're done. There's just nothing. You're not going to score more points than the Golden State Warriors this year. The Golden State Warriors are going to score an unprecedented number of points. They're going to score more points than everyone else. They're going to shoot wide open threes. They're going to make incredible passes. They're going to have just an incredible offensive explosion. They're the best. They're the team right now. So if you're not going to outscore them, you got to defend them. you got to slow them down. You've got to make them play your game. Which is what we did last year, and it was competitive. It was 3-2, and then we lost two in a row because Chris Paul got hurt. 
We were out, we were without one of our best players, and we did we just didn't have enough. Also, we missed twenty seven, twenty eight three pointers in a row, which is unprecedented. Uh, the statisticians got together and said it was more likely to get struck by lightning while wrestling a shark who was having was giving birth to a bear right. than it was to miss twenty eight in a row. Right, we hit that uh bad move, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I think it was. I think it was the, the the moment was bigger than who was out there, and I think that's it. Just it swallowed them up, right? And it was like quicksand. They just kept putting up these open shots and just cranking them. Uh, and so you fast forward to this year, and now we're worse at defense, significantly worse, I would say. We lost two quality perimeter defenders, and then we picked up a guy who doesn't like defense. Carmelo Anthony doesn't like defense. There was a play about midway through the game that kind of tells the story of this year's Rockets. I feel like on defense, Carmelo Anthony, another guy. Both jump, so there was a wide-open cutter coming on the backside. The, uh, Anthony Davis gets the pass to him down low. He, it's one of those ones where he gets to just jump up and make a layup, okay? He's about six feet from the basket on the backside. Uh, Carmelo Anthony turns around, another guy turns around. They both rotate at him, which is exactly correct. They need to get under him, plant their feet, get their hands up or get their hands over their crotch, and take the charge. Uh, instead, they both jump in the air at him and then move out of his way. Genius little it, intellect. It, it looks like saloon doors just swinging wide <laughs> open for him, and he scores the layup. Oh, no. That's going to be the story of our season defensively. That's going to be what we look like when it matters. Because Carmelo Anthony, uh, when he was with Oklahoma City last year, uh, there was they, they played this famous soundbite where one time Russell was having a hard time guarding and staying in front of a guy, and I don't remember who it was, and Carmelo tells him in a, in a huddle in a timeout, we got your back, man, we got you. If you need help, just call it. We got you. So on the very next play, Russell Westbrook gets beat again, and no help comes. <laughs> no help whatsoever comes. We didn't get you, boys. Right. What he meant to say was, in spirit, we've got you. We, we're we holding you up. Not in this team game, though. No, no, not not during the game. We're going to say we won't badmouth you to the media, though. We got your back, bro. Um, he played hard. He played, he played harder than all of us. Because we don't play defense. <laughs> he Car- played harder than all of us because we didn't try. <laughs> right. So Carmelo Anthony's going to get out of the way of people all season. Now, we did bring him off the bench, which is exactly where I think he needs to be. I think it was perfect. And him and Eric Gordon worked well together coming off the bench. I liked, I like our rotation. Um, I wish Capella could figure out how to score when he's six inches away from the basket, though. <laughs> it is the saddest thing to watch a guy who, with his arms up, can almost touch the rim. Still not be able to score a basket two feet from it. Genius. And there's there's three different times in the game where he literally just like kind of plops it up in the air at the rim and it doesn't go in. <laughs> and he's like right there. Like he's right just, under just it. Just place it in. Just, like, just gently deposit it through the rim. Like you don't even have to do a lot. Just it Capella has no inside game. Now, if he's wide open and they give him the little alley oop, he'll do a big explosive dunk and everyone cheers and he plays great interior defense. But, man, does he not understand the concept of scoring <laughs> within two feet. If you give him the ball and he is flat-footed within two feet of the goal, if there's a, anyone else around him, it's not going in. And that's stupid. <laughs> like, it's real dumb. Like, just teach him that, and then yeah. we can win so many things. It, we we could easily have about ten more points a game if someone <laughs> would just teach Capella how to score within three feet of the basket while defended. Because he doesn't know. He does not understand it. And we just gave him... I think $60 million, $80 million over four years, and he is not sure what to do when he's within three feet of the basket and there's a guy in front of him. Oh, if no. If there's anything between him and the rim, it's not going in. <laughs> it's not. There's a guy here. I'm just going just gonna to not do this. Right, and I don't understand what he does either because like, he, he does these uh, 
just just learn some footwork, buddy. Like, just figure it out, man. Nah. It's not, nah. It's, everyone's got crafts to master, and I'm sure what he does is work on his defense nonstop. And it's great because he plays good defense. He slows down the better the better centers, and he dominates the worst ones, which is what you're supposed to do. However, score. Just score, man. <laughs> just give me those... Just give me the baskets you miss right now, and you be elite. Someone would have to give you the 120 that you wanted. He thought he was going to make all kinds of money. He waited out there in free agency forever. No one made him an offer for us to match. Nobody. No. Because he because <laughs> he, cause he just, gets deer in the headlights. <laughs> he, <laughs> the second he's required to do anything other than just jump in the air and dunk it, he does not know what to do offensively. What do I do with my hands? I don't know what to do. It's like, it's like Will Ferrell giving an interview from Talladega Nights. He does not know what to do with his hands. He's what do I, what do, I do? I don't know what to do. They're, they're floating. They're floating. Oh, my God. They're floating. <laughs> he just, he, he, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad, but he plays great defense, which is unfortunate now because we something we just don't do as much as, as we did last year. Right. So, I, man, I think, honestly, I, it's I, one game. You don't want to overreact. Are we going to make it? We're going to be all right. Look, we're going to be probably top six, somewhere between top four and top six. We're going to have, we might have home field advantage for the first round. Might. <laughs> might. Might. There's a lot of teams that got a lot better in the, in the offseason, though. Oh, no. And we took a. We took, a, I think, honestly, watching us play, we took a good step back. Uh, that's never where you want to be. No, it's really, really not. Um, so all that being said, uh, we get down here. Is that what is that, is that, what yeah, that hand sign yeah. means? Yep. You grotesque monster, you. Uh, all right. So that being said, we'll get out here on this break. When I come back, it's more ball control with Corey and Nico. D-L-G. Ball control. Ball control. Welcome back to Ball Control. I really <laughs> want to say Nerd Thug Radio there. Uh, Affiliated with Nerd Thug Radio, Ball Control. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Sister show to Nerd Thug Radio, Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me, as always, is little brother Nico. It's me. And we are hanging out right here on 104.5, 106.1, and we are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. The podcast will drop at 6.01. That is the time. Be sure to give it a listen. Let's all check it out. We're having a good time here. Big shout out to RNA Sports, our sponsors, 3501 North Fraser Street. Check them out for your sports memorabilia needs. All right. All that being said, here's what we want to talk about right here. There's um, This is around the time when the NFL gets real, real interesting, okay? It's been, we're about six games in. And things are starting to heat up. The heat. Um, this is when losing teams start to fall apart, point the finger at each other, and blame each other. How and, can you do this to me? And winning teams start to to just win. They start to separate. This is the this is the start of the this, end. This is the this is the beginning of. There's always a team who wins. We're twelve. Hitting, we're in the stride. That's right. There's always a team who wins twelve games, and uh, this is when they start to just pull away from everyone else. There's always one team where it's just like, well, no one's going to catch them. This year it looks like it might be the Rams, who I think they're five and one. But uh, anyway, that's not what they we're good. Gonna, they're pretty good. So Buffalo Bills, they're pretty bad. Okay, yeah. We'll talk about this already. A couple I like times. that. The only thing they have is that one game. <laughs> right. They're bad though. And during the Texans game, Josh Allen, their rookie quarterback, who helped them win that one game, uh, hurt his elbow, and he had to oh come out. Oh no. Now, the guy who Josh Allen was replacing was uh, Peterman? 
And Peterman was a rookie last year, and he finished the year throwing five interceptions in a game. Good job. He then started the year throwing, I believe, four or five interceptions in a game. Again, solid. He then came into this game, uh, and he threw. So Buffalo was beating the Texans 13-10. to 10. Uh, Then I think it was 13-13, and then we're nervous, and are we going to win? Are they going to win? Josh Allen has to come out. Peterman comes in. He then throws a pick six, and now we're up 20-13. Nice. Yeah. And then there's two minutes left, and they're trying to drive downfield to get in position to score a touchdown, to tie it up, blah, blah, blah. And he then throws a game-ending interception. Got him. Right. So, it's week six. It's week seven. We're coming into week seven. Uh, They're essentially the Bills stand on the precipice of a coup. A coup? A coup. <laughs> what? The word around town, what's being widely reported, is that Derek Anderson, who was signed eight days ago to the team, All right. needs to start. Because if they put Peterman out again, the locker room may quit on the coach. He may lose the locker room. Wow. This is... This is the coup that I was like, ooh, rumblings from, from right. Pittsburgh. Right. It this is, so this is, this is what happens. When you, when you lose the locker room, they just don't hear you anymore. They don't care. They don't want to do what you – they don't believe in you. You're, you're now the guy on the outside. They don't, they don't care anymore. So Peterman must be looking awful in practice. He has to be looking so bad for someone to be like, well, we obviously can't put him back out there. So the guy that we signed eight days ago has to go out there. Uh, <laughs> eight days. Do you think he knows the offense? Oh, yeah, dude. Killing it. Probably better than the other guy. Now, Derek Anderson, though, hasn't played meaningful football, I don't think, in four or five years. He's had one start, I think, in the last five years, and it was when he was in Carolina, and Cam Newton showed up late to a meeting or didn't come to a meeting or something stupid had happened, and they were going to bench him for the opening series. All right. So Derek Anderson's the backup. Derek Anderson now starts the game. He throws a pick six, first play of the game. Cam Newton then gets to come out next series because that was the opening series. <laughs> Got him. So Derek Anderson threw a pick six. That's the only thing he's done in like four years. And the Bills locker room is like, yeah, start him. Well, I mean, he's not averaging five interceptions <laughs> a game. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I understand it. Like, if Peterman's not. Peterman, Peterman's clearly not the man. <laughs> when he's not reading the field, and that's part of the issue. Is like so, when he threw the pick six, from where we sit in the stands, we get to stare kind of up the field the whole game. Yeah. Um. And so, when he he just kind of turns left and throws it, and when he does, I mean, our guy is standing between him and the ball. It's I mean, him and the there. receiver, right? Like there was, there was no reason for him to even make the throw. Like, when he turned and threw the ball, I immediately pointed at our guy, and I was, I was actually, it was Joey Savage that went with me, and I was like, yeah, and our guy catches it, and we're 20 yards away from the end zone, and there's nothing between us and there. Right. And so like, he houses it. Like, it just sounds like, I don't know, like high school practice, where it's just like, all right, you get the ball, and he's going to be here. That's what you want to do. This right. is the play. Right. And, and then he's like, he's like, bam, got it. <laughs> there's no, clearly but, someone there. Yeah, like, he, ah, man, I don't. I don't know what he was looking at. And then the other play, he's running around and he's he's scrambling and he throws across his body at a guy 
that he saw going that way. But what he, but there was a defender coming from the other side at him. So again, he just cut him off between the ball and the receiver. Like there was no, there was no open, win, there was no window. And you never throw across your body. That's one on one in the NFL. When you throw across your body, every announcer goes, "Oh, wait, he's throwing across his body!" Like they what? say it as it's happening. Why are you doing this? Because it almost always ends badly. Because a, the control and the speed you can put on the ball is a lot less. But beyond that, you're probably not reading the coverage on that side of the field right now because it's not the way you're looking. That's why you're throwing across your body. Um, maybe maybe this is just textbook example of he's bad. He might just be. He just might be bad. But if he is, and the coaches are still throwing him out there, like there's something to be said about that. There's something to be said about that's a, that's a very fair point. If this is your if this is your quote unquote man, right? Yeah, hey, I got this guy. This is my guy. He's got it. We're gonna start him. <laughs> there's questions to be asked. Right. No, and I'm with you on that. There are questions to be asked at that point. What are we talking about? Like, he, he clearly isn't the man. But this happens a lot. Uh, famously for the Texans. Coming into last year, Deshaun Watson as a rookie was apparently having a great training camp. And for whatever reason, Bill O'Brien was like, we're going to go with Tom Savage. And Tom Savage was out there for one half of football. And it was bad enough that in the second half, Deshaun Watson was in the game, and he, we never looked back. And if it was so close that one bad half of football meant Deshaun Watson came in, then it wasn't so clear-cut for you this whole way. Like, you sounded so confident this whole time, but really what you should have said was, We'll see. And really, if, we'll it, see. <laughs> if it's that close, why aren't you going to Deshaun Watson anyway? He's the, he's your, like, you traded back into the first round to get him, so you need to play him. Um, but, yeah. Right. So, it was definitely, it just weirds me out when coaches are so certain on a guy, and then he gets us out there, and he just, just doesn't stinks happen. up the joint. Um, but not, not the only drama in the NFL right now. Tannehill is going to be out. Ryan Tannehill, starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. He's been having a pretty good year, and he's an okay quarterback. as a top 10 to 20, top 15, somewhere in that range. Probably in the probably the top of the second half of the league. Okay, There's 32 teams in the NFL. He's probably one of the best of that lower bracket of teams. Um, but he, he missed last week, and Brock Osweiler had to come out and start, and they didn't really say anything until like Friday. Well, they haven't been saying all week who was going to start, and now they're saying it, and the NFL is asking questions. Because because of betting, the coaches and the teams are supposed to be releasing injury reports all week of who's likely to play and not likely to play. Doubt, Doubtful, questionable. They have different statuses they're supposed to be using. And if Ryan Tannehill couldn't play last week and didn't practice at all, he should have been rated as doubtful the whole time because it was doubtful he was going to come in. Right. And apparently he wasn't. So that's going to be a big deal. And if they if they get enough trouble for it, they could actually be fine draft picks for that. Which in the NFL draft picks are this super commodity. They're like oil barrels. Like it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Everybody. Well, I mean, they're super relevant, but I mean, they're also gambled. But right. Exactly. Um. So one other thing, the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl last year. All okay? right. Yep. I I believe you. They're having some issues. They're two and four, three and three, something like that. I guess I should know that, but I don't off the top of my head. I'm not going to lie to you about that. The Eagles are, they're 3-3. Three and three. Um, Same record as us. Yes, except the teams they beat are the bad teams. The teams they're losing to are the good teams. That is the same record as us. Right, exactly. The problem is, this is essentially the exact same team that won the Super Bowl. They made basically no changes. They did, however, lose their offensive coordinator and their quarterback's coach. So now the head coach has gone back to calling plays this year. 
And doesn't seem like he's doing a very good job. He's throwing a lot more. And here's the thing: is they don't they need running backs. They're struggling with running backs. They've had a lot of injuries at running back, but they're still rushing and averaging five yards a rush. Five yards a rush is great because that means you're getting a first down every two plays in a row. Right. You should be. They should be running a lot more. But they're throwing forty to fifty times. Um, they're throwing forty to fifty times a, a game, and that's just not the way. That is not the way. That's not the way you do it in the NFL. I mean, listen. Throwing is throwing, and everyone throws now. But you still gotta you gotta work the run in. You gotta at least have the the illusion that you might run, because otherwise teams are just gonna they're just gonna play for the pass. And even Carson Wentz, as good as he's been, he's not so good yet that he can just beat pass defense all 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 game. Plus, they're gonna be rushing him and try and sack him and get him hurt again. Never what you want to do. No, because he blew out his knee last season. And they had to have a backup win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the typical story of the NFL, right? A little bit. So there's just, just kind of overall issues there with, with Philadelphia, and uh, you worry about the coaching there because losing the two coaches, while it should hurt, it shouldn't hurt so bad that you're 3-3 three and three and you look bad. Right, yeah, especially coming off the Super Bowl. Right, because they look bad. Now, what is typical, like we talked about with the Astros, is a lot of times teams who win the championship, they don't, they don't make it back the next year. That might be this. That might be Philadelphia's story. They might have to go back to the drawing board and tweak some things, and then come back and. But you're not gonna be mad about that. You won the Super Bowl last year, and then you're having that hangover season. Fine, no big deal. That's all right. No panic. Have a good draft. Have a good off season. <laughs> get some coaches in. Get some. Give Tom Brady another ring. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then just turn around and and then just go back to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. No big deal. Just walk back. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. All right, so that being said, we're going to get out of here now. Big shout-out to everybody. Thanks for listening. 104.5, 106.1 Sister Stations. Uh, you can hear us every day on uh, the podcast. I don't know what I was going for there. <laughs> um, obviously, on we the air, internet. <laughs> yeah, obviously, we air at 2 p.m. here today, Thursdays. Um, thanks for listening. Big shout-out to RNA Sports at 3501 North Fraser Street. Be sure to check them out for all your sports and pop culture memorabilia needs. This has been, as always, Corey DLG and Nico DLG. Thank you for listening to Ball Control. Ball Control. Ball Control.